the first announcement kind of came out about you putting together this band and everything, it it seemed to happen a lot quicker than kind of what I anticipated. But had you already had a lot of these riffs and ideas and and kind of in place for a while? No, not really. But it did it did get its inception that way because initially we Sean and I were talking shortly after we left, you know, about how all the the material that we'd written the past few years was never going to get released or anything like that. And, uh, you know, I was kind of a bummer and we wanted people to know that we could write, you know, because we'd never really gotten a chance to in the past. And so it kind of started with that. And then really quickly, it was like, well, let's make this a full fledged band. Let's, let's put this, you know, let's not do a project where, you know, uh, people are going to go their own way and do their own bands again and stuff like that. And we're going to give people a product that they can, uh, you know, people they can identify with and get to know and, and be a band, you know? And so we decided to do that. And then uh, I would say by the end of the recording process, probably 80 to 90% of the material was written um, after that process. So some of the starting riffs, um, the, uh, the beginning of um, uh, Crimson Psalm was a riff that I had had. Um, prior to the inception of the band. And actually also the beginning of Refrain and Refracture, too, as well, the classical guitar part. Very cool. I always kind of yeah. had a feeling that whatever you were going to do, it was, it was going to be just one guitar player and kind of put the spotlight on you, which I think the album does great between your riffing and then your shredding. It's like a whole nother, It It's almost a, a throwback in a way, to use your words, to like the guitar gods, like the greats, like the Eddie Van Halen or the George Lynch's or the Vito Brado or some of, some ah, of that 80s style where much. it's just like, okay, here comes the guitar solo, turn it up. <laughs> well, I don't know that, you know, I mean, I love that kind of playing, you know, and, and I will always do my best to try and do that playing. But, you know, I've, I've never been one to really want to be the spotlight guy. So I, I've always thought of myself as a two guitarist band kind of thing, but with the way that this band has worked out um, logistically and the way that we put it together right now, it just, it hasn't made sense to, uh, it hasn't made sense to really get another guitarist at this time, you know? Well, I guess technically you do have another guitarist, but you make him play bass. How did you get, bring, (laughs) decide to bring in Matt to the band and say, Hey, let's see what he can do with less strings than what he's normally used to. Right. Well, you know, to tell you the truth, I was totally Sean that did that because uh, I always have thought of Matt as good the guitarist in Shadows Fall and, uh, and uh, wasn't even thinking of him as a potential candidate. But then Sean, uh, who knew him better than, than I did, uh, knew that he had, he had filled in on bass for some different bands and stuff like that. And so he's like, hey, what about Matt Vachon? And I was like, I was like, well, yeah, you know, so <laughs> he'll play bass for us. That would be awesome. I mean, he's, He's a great guy, great musician, you know, plays guitar, plays bass, he can sing, great writer, you know, he's just like a great backbone of a band, and, and I think that's what we need, you know? Definitely. It definitely sounds like his attack on, on like, the last track, Birth and the Burial, like, some of that, you still kind of feel that guitar, like, that hand attack is, is much more uh, guitar-driven, but I imagine over the time and playing all the music live, he's really sinking into that bass role. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think he, he, I think he just, he does a good job of going back and forth between them, you know, because uh, he came up and he, you know, he took 
baselines that I had written that were basically just real quick, oh, this is probably what a bass would do, you know, kind of thing. And he made them, you know, real baselines. He gave them their own voice, and um, it was really it was really cool to see that. And how, how about did you uh, find out or, or bring Henry into the band? How did you discover him and say, hey, that's, that's the guy for us? You know what? Um, I had, um, well, we, both Sean and I, because we, Sean and I were just talking, and we started assembling a list of singers' potentials that we thought would work well with the band, you know? And it was people all the way from unknowns all the way up to, like, yeah, this person's not even going to bother to return our call kind of thing. But, you know, we were like, let's put everybody on the list that we can think of that would work well for this. And uh, we, we, through uh, looking at different singers and stuff like that, we narrowed the list down to five and then contacted those five, of which Henry was one of them, and then sent them out the the demo of Legion of Lies. And uh, when they all came back, it was just hands down. We knew Henry's. Henry's was the, uh, the the guy that we wanted to. Yeah, I mean, he's great. He, he really, I feel like he can kind of do it all. He can sing, he can scream, he can kind of growl. He does, kind of gives every every different vocal flavor you would want. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I really like the fact that his screaming has pitch to it, you know, discernible pitch to where, you know, you want it in key and you can, you can actually make a, mel- a melody out of something that just sounds so maniacal and heavy, you know. <laughs> it's great man i love yeah. it and uh congratulations to you on coming in second on the guitar world readers poll behind the iron maiden guys wow i didn't know i didn't know I, i'd done that well when was that decide i knew i was on the poll but i didn't know that i had done that well so that's man that yeah. is a huge honor number two behind the three-headed iron maiden guys but right <laughs> but still, that's like, I mean, what a legacy Iron Maiden has, you know, and and to to be considered in that same realm. It's like, I, I, I got to tell you, all those checks I sent out to all the readers really paid <laughs> off. <laughs> who, would, who would be your top two or three guitar players of all time? Oh, that's easy. That's, I mean, I'll always have my favorites. It would be Paco de Lucia, uh, who unfortunately passed away a little over a year ago, and... Uh, Jason Becker and Paul Gilbert. Very cool. Well, Paul Gilbert makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. He's just, you know, you know. The thing is, he's a shredder. He's a total shredder. But at the same time, you just see that his personality is just so relaxed and even killed while he's playing. You know, there's no struggling whatsoever. That's something I try and uh, emulate my playing. Definitely. And uh, how long have you been married now? Um, I'm not really married. Uh, oh. so I, but I have a, a girlfriend that, uh, Stephanie, that we might as yeah, we might as well be married because you know, we we're everything together, you know? So I was going to say, did you meet her like through work, like her taking photos of you on the road and stuff? Yeah. yeah we actually met in Germany and, uh, she was shooting, uh, the rock art festival that I was playing with Nevermore at the time. And, uh, so we started talking then and chatting then and, and then through, uh, you know, more touring and seeing her on the West Coast, um, you know, just started hanging out. We did the long, long distance relationship thing for like a year. And then I moved out to L.A. from Colorado. Very cool. I was yeah. going to say, did she go on the road with you or I mean, she's got her own schedule to keep up? 
Oh yeah, yeah. She's yeah, she's pretty busy. You know, she's always getting photo shoots and stuff like that. But she'll come out and visit me here and there, and you know, wherever she's also got other friends in the area. So it's kind of works out really well. Very excited. We're gonna get get to see you here at the end of the month on the twenty eighth at the Slide Bar in Fullerton. Have you played there before? Do you know who owns that place? I I have not, but I I, uh, I have a good friend of mine that I went to see uh, play there once, and uh, it's a really cool bar. You know, it's a nice, intimate little place, and I think it's going to make for a killer show. Yeah, definitely. And the the guys from Lit, the band, the '90s oh. band Lit, own that place. Wow, that's cool. The two brothers, AJ and Jeremy. I was going to say, it seems like the uh, you know, just through emailing and uh, advancing the show and stuff like that, they, they they definitely one of these clubs that seems to have their act together and know what, you know, know how to get things done and facilitate it. So that's cool. Yeah, man. And then, uh, so you do that headlining run for about a month, and then you jump on the the Hate Breed Devil Driver tour. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And we're we're gonna pick that up. I think up in Canada, uh, most of the dates are in Canada and on the East Coast, but. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to be awesome because, uh, you know, Hatebreed, they always bring it every night. And I haven't seen Devil Driver live, but I know they're probably killing it. Yeah, it's a hell of a show, man. I'm bummed you're not doing the whole tour, but I guess it makes sense with the headlining dates now that you got to kind of break it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We've got that Axes and Anchors crew, so it's like that was the first thing we had, and then we built this headlining tour around that, so... Perfect. And is it is it way too soon to even start thinking about new music at this point? Um, it all depends. You know, what we're really trying to do is we're really trying to build fan base right now. You know, we what we're trying to do is get on as many opening slots and good, well, um, uh, you know, really good tours with great headliners that uh, that we think the fans will really like what we're doing. You know, we want to, we're really trying to get our name out there. It was the funniest thing when we played a few shows with Kill Switch and Gage. How many of the people were like, I didn't even know who you guys were. But then when I looked at, you know, looked you up after the show, it was like, oh, wow. So you can think, you know, you, you're in your little bubble and you can think that everybody's heard that, oh, yeah, they left this band and, you know, they're starting their own project. But really, you just got to keep getting the word out there. And that's, that's what we want to do. Killer, and and not to spend too much time in the back, but I did kind of want to ask if maybe your two or three favorite songs that you enjoyed playing live in your last band, and then maybe two or three that you enjoyed recording in the in the last band. Yeah, I would say um, my favorite songs playing live would be Lucretia, um, Holy Wars, and uh, Tornado of Souls. Very cool. How about the ones that that you actually record on the three studio albums you did? Uh, definitely uh, How the Story Ends. Uh, Head Crusher, and I would say maybe um, 44 Minutes. Oh, very cool. I thought maybe like Dialectic Chaos that starts off with the shred. Yeah, you know, um, it's cool, but I like the uh, I like the way 44 Minutes kind of builds into it, and that, that part at the end, the, uh, the guitar playing at the end is, is just, I love it, so. Beautiful, man. Thank you so much. Look forward to seeing you out there at the uh, slide bar. Come say hi to you. All right. Thanks, Mike.